All right. So today we're here with the Arc of Ohio podcast with Josh and Lindsay. How are you doing today, Lindsay? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. Doing well. Uh, so we have a, a part of our podcast. We always like to kind of bring some different uh, resources to the table, help families in different ways. Uh, Lindsay, what's our, our resource for today? I thought that this week would be a good time to bring in uh, from the Ohio Department of Education. They have a mentoring program that yeah. will help you fill out your waiver paperwork, will help you figure out um, things for your child if you are still in the elementary school side of disabilities. But um, they have a really nice website set up and they'll hook you up with a parent mentor that will help you. So the nice. parent mentor has been through the paperwork before. Yeah. So they'll be able to walk you yeah. through it. Because look, paperwork makes me nervous. Like when they right. hand me the start of the school year paperwork for WIT or the ETR stuff when it is time for that. Um, just for people who aren't aware, ETR is how um, they determine if your child needs services. Right. So it's like yeah. 70 pages and psyche vows and Ooh, all these 70 things. pages. Yeah, it's intense. Wow. Yeah. This, um, the last time we had to fill them out, just a sidebar, um, Jeremy filled out half of them for me. And he's like, you ha used to have to do this all the time. I was like, yeah, this yeah. is, this is paperwork. Like Part they asked the if like wow. Whitman, um, can use money or if he knows how to use a credit card. One of the questions was, does he know how to use your answering machine? We don't have an answering machine anymore. We don't even have a landline. So yeah, I'm very much for them updating that because that right. doesn't match yeah. Do you have a rotary phone or do you have to tap and call the party line? Yeah. yeah like, like I, mean, I got a lot of questions. I have a lot of backup questions to that. But anyway, if you feel overwhelmed, nervous, scared, and you're not really sure where to go, the um, Ohio Department of Ed offers parent mentors. And I thought That's that that awesome. was just a really great yeah. resource for you. I can yeah. also help you fill out those papers if the Ohio isn't your thing. But if you want somebody who is close to you, probably in your area, I think is how they do the matches. Yeah. I like that because some of the resources that come through, it's like, here's a resource, but then you have to understand the resource to understand how the resource can help you with the thing that you need to understand. Right. right? Yeah. To have someone like a living, breathing yes. person say, let me walk beside you through this. That's a cool. Yeah. Cool I thought thing. that that was great. Like here, let me hold your hand while we do this because this paperwork, when I did it, was so overwhelming. And it yeah. is like, if you feel overwhelmed at any given point while you're trying to do paperwork, guys, like I promise you, you are not alone. It's my least favorite part of yeah. disabilities. Like yeah. is all so, the red tape and paperwork. So families, if they feel that overwhelming, where do they go? How do they get? They to go to um, parentmentor.osu.edu. Okay. And awesome. they'll be able to get you set up. Perfect. So. There we go. There we go. And so recently, uh, recently, Lindsay and Gary Tonks and David Lewis from the Ark of Ohio, as well as Amy Dubin, uh, you guys took a trip. Uh, yeah. Tell us about the trip. What was that? What was going on with that? Well, we left out of Columbus. If you were in the Ohio area, fly to, or drive to Columbus to go to the airport. It was amazing. I did security in under six minutes, security to gate in under six minutes. Wow. I called Jeremy to let him know that I made it to the gate. And he was like, do I need to bring like your social security card? Did you get stopped in security? And I'm like, no, I'm at the gate. And he's like, you're what? And I was like, I'm at the gate. 
and yeah. he he was floored by it. Wow. So shout out to the Columbus Airport. You guys are doing an amazing job. Like we yeah. will fly be driving the two hours to Columbus to fly out any other time. Um, but yeah, we got to go and we got to um see self advocates speak and hear what they're doing in DC, like for disabilities. So yeah. that was a lot of fun. We listened to social security and housing and what they're doing there. We listened on um, police and how they're trying to get um, police officers trained for those with disabilities, how to handle it, how to de-escalate the situation, to yeah. assume um, the disability, talk them through it, things like that. Um, we uh, learned, we got to go to a rally and meet Sherrod Brown. If you yep. Saw the pictures. I apparently was super excited to meet Sherry. Yeah, Brown right. I, just, I just didn't know it. Like, I look like I was just having having a ball. Yeah, yeah. So, you look at the pictures and you're like, "What is happening with Lindsay? Like, she is starstruck. I mean, just I absolute. Look, work where I am. Kind of. Yeah, that was that was golden. It was like it was like I made it. There was like one picture. I don't know if it was. I think it might have been posted on the Facebook page. But my mouth is open and I'm just like, oh, so, <laughs> but Sherrod Brown is doing some amazing things with um, SSI. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I love to talk about it. Like it's um, a really neat uh, program that they're going to bring SSI up to date, which I think needs to happen. It hasn't happened yeah. since 1978. So 78. Are you yeah. serious? But yeah. So Super exciting things happening around Washington in terms of disability. They're really, really trying hard to work some stuff out. So the SSI, unfortunately, didn't make it into the 2023 budget, but they are very hopeful that it will make it into the 2024 budget. Yeah, good, good. So, so yeah. Wonderful. So, um, yeah, the art conference the um, at Washington, D.C., you know, all these arcs come together and kind of like a... Yeah, kind of a an mm -hmm. awesome uh, awesome few days um, there, and then you know you kind of see how big and how massive the arc really is, right? Like we kind of yes. get I do it all the time. I think oh, it's the arc of Ohio. We do this, and then I follow the other arcs, a lot of other arcs on Facebook and on YouTube and Spotify, who others that do podcasts and things, and just always reminds me like, wow, it's it's big. Like it it's is. A, it's it's such a big movement, and I am just like honored to be a part of it. Like I just like kept having to like step back and look in and be like oh my goodness like i am yeah. here look at all these amazing people and like what they're doing like, yeah yeah and hopefully that's the effect that the or the impact that the senators have as well and different yes. people you know looking back like wow this is a this is a big group you know and, and really take the heart of of um you know better legislation uh coming down the line for for the individuals that we serve you know we we do a smaller version of the art conference we have an arc of ohio conference um and that's june the 24th and that's going to be um over in columbus you can look at our um our website the arc of ohio.org we also put in the in the um on the facebook page and in the newsletter uh just information about that and it's uh, kind of on a smaller it's state you know but the um yeah the art conferences coming together is just it's an amazing, amazing thing for sure. It is. I'm super excited for that. Jeremy even took the day off. He's going to be there. He wants to 
Cool. Meet yeah. everybody. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, today for our special guest speaker, uh, we have Miss Olivia Caldera. Uh, Olivia Caldera. Olivia, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? Awesome. Doing good. Doing good. So Olivia, uh, Olivia was actually part of the ARC for uh, quite a while and did some stuff with assistive tech. So that's how I got to know Olivia, who Olivia Caldera is. Um, but Olivia's known across the states and in different uh, regards. She does uh, has done a lot of things for individuals and families with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Uh, Olivia, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and a little bit about uh, your background? Yes, thank you for having me. I have been involved with the intellectual and developmental disability community, community IDD world for many years in different roles. I have a family friend who I have known for over 20 years and have been fortunate to watch him mature into a young adult and really navigate the IDD world and self-determination, ISP meetings, individualized service plan meetings. And I also did a lot of research with a Special Olympics group. And I also was a direct service professional, a DSP, a therapeutic consultant. I worked in residential settings, a day program, community living situations. And I also worked for the Center for Disability Empowerment as a community coordinator. And we had a grant with the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities, DODD and Employment First, that was created in response to concerns about abuse in the workplace as people were moving more out into the community we were seeing issues and concerns about unhealthy sexuality not understanding boundaries concerns about being taken advantage of and abuse so we created a program called speak up stay safe and we went around the state giving training workshops to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, parents and caregivers, and staff providers, DSPs, SSAs. We also had a training team of self-advocates who worked with us to develop the curriculum and present it around the state. That also turned into an online community health and safety interactive program that people can use at, at through employment first on the website. What I noticed was that we were doing a lot of work on the side, the, the aftermath, the response to incidents of MUIs, people were coming up to me when we were doing trainings, 
in and telling me their stories. What they weren't getting was the information ahead of time. People, so nothing, nothing was proactive. It's all just, yes. you know, now that this happened, this is what you do. Instead of saying, let's be proactive in this and let's, yeah, let's prevent this from happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Wow. So we would ask people, have you had any type of sexuality education? And most had none. That could be, and I can talk about that at a later time, Ohio, the different districts, people yeah. being pulled from the classes. And so then I came to impactability and I'm working as a healthy educator. I am a program manager and instructor for impactability. And that is working with people to learn more about healthy sexuality, relationships, abuse awareness, empowerment. And what we want to do is help support people and educate them proactively, give them the information so people understand what is informed consent. Yeah. How do I recognize what's safe or unsafe? And that is really been a passion of mine throughout my career. Yeah. So it's kind of going from not, I mean, crisis response is always neat, but it's instead of saying beef up the crisis response, let's do the appropriate training. Let's do the life skills. Let's help people understand healthy relationships and know those boundaries mm -hmm. and those, you know, those kinds of things. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's good. I know uh, there's as family advocates, we talk to some families and individuals and it's, you, it's really sad. You look at the situation and you're like, this could have been, this could have been avoided. Like this really could have been avoided if, if just, you know, uh, just by doing some things ahead of time and having those conversations. So, so you go in, you know, as IA and you, or as an ability and, and, and help to promote those way ahead of time. And so that's, that's good. That's good. Well, as a direct support professional, I received training on how to provide independence, how to work with life skills, but I didn't learn about what are the policies in the place that I'm working? Oh. How do I navigate promoting the people I support their rights and their, the guardians wishes, the parents wishes. Yeah. And not, I'm not saying that we can prevent abuse in all forms. Right. That doesn't mean that we can't try to yeah. make sure that we're giving people the most information that's at their level that they can use to, to navigate relationships and interactions with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Why not get better at it? Right. I mm -hmm. mean, that's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you see, um, do you see a, I mean, through, through your work and through the things that you've seen and your and part of your background, do you feel like we're going in a good direction at, in our, in our society and with individuals, ED, do you feel like some of the proactiveness, like it's gaining some traction, it's gaining ground? Yes and no. Yeah. 
I would hope that we would be further along than we are. Yeah. I remember, we also have to look at this historically, that there is a historical con. There is a historical context for where some attitudes and beliefs and myths originate and there are cultural values and beliefs that people bring when it comes to sexuality in general. What is meant by human sexuality? That is a great question. And it is not confined to the acts of sex, sexuality, human sexuality is so much broader and it is about understanding one's body, thoughts and feelings, gender and sexual orientation, relationships, physical health and emerging sexuality, friendship skills, values and beliefs. There's so much to human sexuality and it's a natural important part of life. Yeah, so that's uh, that's and that's uh, that's the answer that a lot of people don't understand. They hear human sexuality and they just think it's it's just the act, and it's a whole other. It's it's much more broad than that, right? And so, so when we talk about human sexuality and and individuals who have intellectual and developmental disabilities, um, what does that mean for those individuals? Uh, because it's everything has to it kind of goes through that lens or that funnel of, okay, here it is, but what does this mean for us? Um, can you kind of elaborate a little bit about that? You know, kind of that human sexuality in the DD world. Human sexuality in the DD world means that it's inclusive and accessible. Yeah. So understanding again, that everyone has a right to have relationships of, various kinds that it's that they have a right to understand their body and how it changes and how relationships change how to navigate if they choose to have an intimate relationship they have a right to to understand what consent is giving permission if some and also recognizing when somebody else is giving permission or not giving permission yeah and they have a right to have medically accurate sexuality health education to understand and name their body parts to know what is an okay touch or not okay touch and it's also about understanding that pleasure is a part of human sexuality and everyone has a right to it and it's not something that is shameful. Right. Yeah. So with what well, you talked about in your, in kind of your background of being proactive in, in some of that, you know, in that edu you know, educating beforehand, as opposed to all that you, when you look at the development of disability world, we're not always good with the proactiveness and, and getting ahead of things. But when it comes to this topic of human sexuality, um, this is something that is um, very sensitive for a lot of people, uh, for a lot of families, a lot of parents who may be listening. Just the idea of an individual, your you know the the individual, your whatever your family member 
who has a developmental disability um, having a conversation or even a, a sexuality, that piece of the puzzle is just uh, many parents write it off. Okay. And, and we see that. And so I wonder when I say we, we plan to bring, or we will be bringing Livia back later in the year and going a little bit more in depth with some of these things. Those conversations are uncomfortable and that's okay, but we don't run away from them because they are uncomfortable. We want to work through these and, and, and be, be proactive in it and, and to, to move ahead. Um, uh, certainly in, in that way. It's a very sensitive thing, but um, that sensitivity should just show us that it's important, not just something that we write off. Mm -hmm. It is so important to talk about it. So important. If we aren't available to be open and have honest discussions and provide the information that everyone has a right to, the concern is that they'll find it elsewhere right and it might not be from someone who has their best interests in mind mm -hmm. and it might be inaccurate yeah and if we don't provide safer spaces to have these type of uncomfortable awkward and that's okay conversations it can also promote some secrecy and shame and then things happen that possibly could have been prevented had people had more awareness and more independence in a sense that they were able to learn things and, and communicate in ways that were healthier. Right, right. Why is the topic of human sexuality important for individuals and families with IDD? It's important because we know that the rates of abuse for people with IDD are so much higher than people without disabilities. And what we're doing isn't working. Not giving appropriate medically accurate sexuality education is not making them less prone to being vulnerable to victimization and it's also about loneliness and and the benefits of being able to have relationships should people choose to it's a quality of life issue yeah and not being able to access that key human experience is not promoting a healthy and safe life, a happy life. And it's also about really tricky areas that are not easily explained or taught. So we talk a lot about stranger danger. Most people know about stranger danger, but the reality is, unfortunately, that abuse is caused perpetrated by people who we know, familiars for the most part. Yes, there is online safety and there are all sorts of issues that are exploding at an astronomical rate. But the, the uh, one of the trigger areas is grooming. Yeah. Like I said, we talk about stranger danger, but oftentimes 
abuse is started through a grooming process and how to understand when you're being taken advantage of. That is very difficult. Yeah. So, you, so to your essentially you're saying is to not talk about it because you just ride it off is to actually leave the, the individuals vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not just, it's not important because my son or my daughter, or my brother, or my sister who has a development disability, they can never have sex. And that's what we see all the time. But to just write that off, it is a rights issue, but it's even leaving them at danger um, to not have those discussions and, and, and the proactiveness there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and don't you feel I, this is my this is my this is Josh Cook's two cents here. OK, so there are certain things that when it comes to that, you know, some of those writing off kind of things for so long, individuals didn't really have a voice at all. Right. In, in the community. And we finally said, OK, let's let's start to hear their voice. And then it was, you know, for them to live in the community. Really? Well, we had the, the mental health institutions and we had these these intermediate care facilities. But then we said, well, they have a right to live in the community. Let's start community inclusion. So, okay, that's good. And then, well, community inclusion should be a job as well. And so what used to always be written off, they can never work. Why don't even worry about it. Why would you even mess with that? And now employment rates for individuals with intellectual and development disabilities are are, are doing well, doing much better, right? And this, the, the, the topic of human sexuality in the IDD world um, it's like it's it's its turn, right? It's time to have these conversations. Say we've written this off for far too long, and let's start having these uh, these conversations. It is important. It's vitally important um, for any for any uh, some of the things that you've been talking about, Olivia. I think of um, of myself as as a teen when I was a teen, could have used human sexuality training. I think as well as I'm a parent, and uh, two of our four children are are teenagers. And the the fear of someone uh, grooming or the conversations they have on the internet or the cell phones that they have in their hands, um, to not have those conversations for my children would be, there's so many parallel things, but yet we write off one community and not the other. Um, and so this is all vitally important uh, of what you're sharing. And it also impacts the ability to get married, the ability to where you're living in terms of if somebody does want to get married, it could impact their access to living <clears throat> living in a home or a facility that do they allow people to cohabitate and to have intimate relationships? Yeah. Are you going to lose your benefits? I mean, there are so many barriers to Mm -hmm. having relationships. And then there's also the, my concern is more about having correct language to know what's safe and healthy, to know Mm -hmm. what is abusive, what's not, to know what to do if you have been abused or victimized. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when we have you back in, you know, later in the year, that's the one is, this is what I say. And now we don't, we won't get very deep in in this one, in this episode, but I have heard from families. Okay. Where they felt like there was probably something that happened 
but they just wrote it off because of the individual's um, disability. And do you think that's happening far too often? It just feels like they kind of shrug it off. That's a problem. I mean, to we have to educate our individuals to understand and, you know, like you're saying, speak up and stay safe, say something when and, and be able to voice what has what has happened. Um, you know, the the um, the abuse that happens across um, our state and our communities that we we serve in of, of the intellectual development disability field we're probably only seeing a very minute part of what's actually happening. Um, but we can educate every single person who will listen to us, right? Uh, for sure. When we think about the rates of abuse that various studies have reported, it could be four to seven, seven to 10 times higher rates of abuse than people without disabilities, but that's what's reported. For people who communicate in different ways, who may not be able to communicate verbally, who may have issues or concerns about their safety if they do report, if it's a caregiver, they might depend on them. Yeah. Concerns about rights being taken away. There are so many barriers to even reporting that that's one whole area. And also, we are lacking the support and education at various levels in the people's lives that we support. So teachers may not have the knowledge or the resources to teach sexuality education that is appropriate and accessible for people with IDD. And we also know that the range of, of learning abilities and styles is so vast that it can be really challenging to figure out how to bridge that gap. Then when, if parents are uncomfortable talking about it, there's a gap there. Yeah. And then staff, staff may not have the resources or education right. to support people. Mm -hmm. And then SSAs, I mean, it's just all across yeah. the board. So there's a lot of work to do, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, good. Well, Olivia, we, we appreciate you coming on with the- yes, uh, thank you so much. This was so informative. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we'll have you back on here later on the, in the year and we'll go through and, and uh, go a little, bit, a little bit deeper and have even more, <laughs> some of those difficult conversations uh, that we need to have and uh, hopefully, you know, uncomfortable, but needed conversations for sure. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.